I'm exhausted and mentally drained from the monotony and hard work of this last climb up and over. When I study the map, I realize I'll head right back up another one of these shadeless, samey, steep slogs and even higher than the last climb. And this time, it parallels the road. No way, I'm hitching. Bailey looks at me with horror. But that's cheating. Look, I'm 57 years old and I've got two new hips. I do not need to walk where the road goes. And almost on cue, I'm offered a ride up the road, a whopping two miles away. You're listening to the Blissful Hiker Podcast. I'm Allison Young, the Blissful Hiker, sometime professional flutist, sometime voice artist, and full-time pedestrian. My goal in sharing stories of walking long-distance trails as a solo, female, middle-aged, titanium-reinforced hiker is to empower you to learn to hike your own hike, too. What a night, looking back at the huge black mound of the Rincon Range. In the nearly full moonlight, I can just make out the snow patches. I'm in a flight path, and planes come over me from Tucson for a few hours. Then stars come out and I notice a few lights far below. Is someone on trail? They're awfully bright lights for that. I sleep well out in the open until the eastern sky lights up on a few clouds and the moon sets in the west. I pack up and eat a bar, feeling reasonably good after yesterday's haul and kick a few hard-dried cow pies out of the way on the wee downhill back to the trail. It's thankfully still cool, but already I feel warm and heavy. It's not the most beautiful place, dun-colored and somewhat monotonous up and down, working its way through rocky hills. I've got enough water, and a lake is coming up, another name for a tank or a man-made cow pond. Bright yellow primrose and monkey flower dot the way. Slowly, spring is coming. I have a bit of a panic attack thinking how far I have to go and if it's even doable. I tell myself, go slow and just skip boring sections if need be. I am on a bit of a schedule with my return already planned. Still, I start to have those doubts that not only am I not up to doing this, but what's the point? And damn it, but my SVT gets activated. Supraventricular tachycardia. You know, I never know if I bring it on feeling crappy or if I feel crappy because it's coming on. It's not even steep, so I plod on to the lake, reminding myself to rejoice always and make my requests known. I think about kicking ass yesterday and how great my sleep spot was. And before long, I'm at the lake. It's a pretty muddy spot of water, but thankfully I don't need any. Still, I find a rock in shade and take a beta blocker, just as another hiker named Graham comes flying through. Young and carrying so little, he says he'll rest at the campground, six miles and 800 feet over a rocky ridge. (laughs) I wish him well, even as I feel nauseated, sad, and frankly afraid. Rejoice always, I remind myself, as my heartbeat returns to normal and I lumber on. The Ocotillo are putting out bright green leaves, and my sandy trail is lined with bunches of tiny purple flowers. At the next water source, Agua Caliente, I meet Bailey in a wide-brimmed hat and wide sunglasses. 
She's getting water from a tiny puddle, filtering it first with a bandana. A nasty job, but she was totally out. Again, I plod on, up and down and across dry washes of deep sand. The desert is slowly greening, and birds sing loudly in the trees. I meet Karen and Beverly walking sections bit by bit. Karen wears a long skirt, and Beverly tops up my small bottle after I gulp what's in it. She also gives me a tiny Bible and opens her mouth wide in awe when I tell her I'm living my Lenten 40 days in this very desert. Meeting them reminds me to stay mindful, make each step I take the priority, and to rejoice in all good things, like fresh water instead of a dirty puddle filtered twice. The trail heads up steeply into a closed canyon. I realize here's my climb up and out, but not before a winding descent to a graffiti tank. I can walk right by as I'm full on water, but I meet a few day hikers who ask if I'm headed to the pool. I think it's a joke, but later I realize that it's the last good water up the steep climb to Mount Lemon. I'm so distracted just thinking of my first destination, Molino Campground, with a locker and hopefully public water. Yeah, it's just over that ridge, they say. Then all downhill, you can't miss it. They laugh a little bit at me, I can hear as they leave. And the ridge is high, it's big. But it's short, just a straight climb up. And my views are incredible, back to the Rincons and the jumble of hills I walked over. It's switchbacks, steep switchbacks, up rock and sand, and never quite sending me in the exact direction, so just when I think I head one way, things turn and send me higher another way. Compared to yesterday, though, this should be a cakewalk. But this isn't yesterday, and I'm tired. But of course, I just keep going like the little engine that could, and I eventually see an Arizona trail sign at the top. Below is the Catalina Highway and RVs at the campground. It's easier going on this side, though still a stiff descent. I see four brightly dressed women and a dog heading up, chatting happily the whole way. Boy, does that make me feel good. Carlin, Wendy, Lorna, and Erica pull off in formation at a rock, and I ask if they're lining up for a picture. Why, yes. I take theirs and they take mine, asking if I sleep outside. Why, yes. We chat for a bit, and they offer me a ride if I need one. See the blue car down there? Then they head on to the view as I slowly descend, my knees taking a beating. The locker is right at the end and filled with water, mostly marked private for specific hikers, though one huge jug remains. I fill up and spy some sun-dried tomato tortillas and a meat stick as giveaways. Right here is rock and shade, and I eat up just as Bailey shows up. Then Arthur and Benny, a section hiker, who offers up his extra food before hitching out to Tucson. And I take a hitch for two miles, which changes the entirety of my day. Or maybe it's just the eating and the drinking and laughing with other hikers, or meeting lovely people who want to help me out. Whatever it is, the day changes over to something new, as I hike up to the Gordon Hirabayashi Trail. It's just sand and mesquite at first, but I meet people sitting in the shade or taking a walk, and everyone seems happy.
Two section hikers, Micah and Tyler, fly past me heading to the pools. A woman comes down and says, Hey, you're someone who carries more shit than I do, before realizing I'm going to be sleeping out, so I need all this shit. (laughs) The trail heads up steeply, still looking much like all I've hiked thus far, until it reaches the top, and a magic world unfolds. Mount Lemmon is sheer and dotted with dark green. They're pine trees above 7,000 feet. In front are other mountains as if guarding access. It actually looks completely impenetrable. Obviously, there is a way through, and it begins by descending steeply, sidling the cliff and heading directly down into Sycamore Canyon. Many day hikers are coming up, some elated, some out of breath, some concerned too many people are camping at the pools. Like magic, the mountains in front of mountains appear to slide open to let me in. It's not too far to the bottom, where huge, peeling sycamores reach leafless branches to the sky. It's a bit messy down here. Clearly large amounts of water flowed through and have torn things up. I sit on a log for a bit to rest and drink. No need for water just yet. The grass is bright green. The sycamores are beautiful. White bark peels into a gray color, and they have large, hand-shaped leaves. It's so startling to see them up here in the Arizona desert, and yet I'm told the canyon never completely dries up. From here, it's a brief up through large campsites and crossing a wide, full river. I meet the men again and tell them I don't need water, so I plod on to the top for yet another magical valley. This time, it's the sheer size that takes my breath away. Again, I hug the side of the cliff, and I walk on long switchbacks into Pine Canyon. The river is far below, and only gray rocks from here. It's a sharp edge, so I walk carefully, and now can see how the trail will eventually work its way up the mountain. The magic has been revealed. Far below, the sycamores are fluorescent green, fed by a constant supply of water and working their way up the opposite side of this canyon are enormous saguaro. The rock is reddish-brown and yellow, and pink flowers bunch along my path. It does seem an eternity to reach the water, only a mile away. I think of the French who mark trails with the time it will take to get there, rather than distance, which is really just relative. Someone mentioned it's easier to collect water when the trail crosses rather than at the pools. I wash my feet and massage them in the gravel as my water filters, then rinse my face and hair and keep moving up fully loaded. The boys seem quite happy with Hutch's pools all to themselves, so I press on. Maybe I shouldn't. It's steep switchbacks without any flat spots, except maybe this side channel. I turn into a wash and find a flat, sandy spot just the right size for my body. (laughs) It feels early, but I linger over dinner, a tuna wrap Benny gave me, and roll out my bed. Crickets chirp as the wind blows loudly above me. A huge moth like a hummingbird visits as does a frog, who plops right down on my sleeping bag. There are bats and the hoot of an owl. And just now, a full moon. 
You can subscribe to Blissful Hiker wherever you get your podcasts. And please leave a review on Apple. That helps the show get discovered. Blissful Hiker is on Patreon. Get a link at blissfulhiker.com to support the show. Also at blissfulhiker.com, you can listen to other episodes, read the blog, see pictures, and contact me, blissfulhiker.com. Next week, it's up and over Mount Lemmon on one of the most extraordinary days of the thru-hike. Until then, my friends, kia kaha and happy trails.